0: Hello again. This is Series 9 of Satisfied. The Series 9 podcasts enhance the Graceful Living Bible Study covering the essential truths for living a life of freedom and joy in Christ. I'm Melanie Newton, just an everyday kind of woman who loves the Lord and His Word. In the last podcast, we learned how to live out our freedom in Christ by balancing our liberty with love. Today's podcast will cover Lesson 8 of the Graceful Living Bible Study we will look at what it means to be filled with the Spirit in our daily lives. If you read through the book of Acts, you will see that the Holy Spirit's presence and transforming power is the dominating factor in the Christian's response to every situation in which they find themselves. At Pentecost, those gathered together for prayer receive Spirit baptism. The Bible says that they were also filled with His Spirit and began praising God in languages they did not know. Others heard those words and were drawn to listen and find out what was going on. The Spirit filled a once-cowardly Peter so that he preached a powerful sermon about Jesus Christ to a huge crowd of people. Three thousand of the listeners trusted in Christ and were saved that day. Then in the rest of Acts, we see evidence of the filling of the Spirit that gave people courage boldness, joy, and lots of faith. People were being filled with the Spirit in such a way that just blew the minds of their fellow believers and the watching world. What is this filling of the Spirit? How does it differ from Spirit baptism? And how does it happen and to whom? Let's look at what the Bible teaches about the filling of the Spirit. Spirit baptism occurs once at salvation. On the day of pentecost every believer present received spirit baptism and every person who trusts in christ since that day is spirit baptized at spirit baptism the holy spirit connects us with christ so that he is with us and in us forever every christian is permanently indwelled by the holy spirit and added to the body of christ you have all of him not part of him these actions are related to salvation done once for all time Through Spirit baptism. I covered this thoroughly in the podcast for the Radical Acts Bible Study, Lesson 2. After we are saved, the Holy Spirit, who is now living within us, empowers us to live the kind of life our God desires for us to live. He is God's empowering presence in our lives. When we walk in submission to Him and dependence on the Spirit by faith daily, that leads to the filling of the Spirit. Let's look at what the filling of the Spirit is not and then what it is, okay? What it's not. The filling of the Spirit is not getting more of the Spirit inside you. You have all of Him with His indwelling. It is also not something magical or mystical. You won't hear any kind of gong when you're filled with the Spirit. What is it? The filling of the Spirit is you choosing to be more influenced by God than by yourself or anything else. Paul uses an analogy in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 to explain this contrast of influences. He says, Do not get drunk on wine which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. He compares being filled with the Spirit to drunkenness. So filling is a metaphor or picture of control that is internal. This is not talking about drinking a glass of wine. Paul took something from his culture which, if done in excess, will take control over your behavior from the inside and produce recognizable ungodly fruit. What things take control of you from the inside? We can look at alcohol or substance abuse and easily recognize those controls. But what about other things that take control of us and produce not-so-good fruit? You and I can become addicted to social media, shopping, and gambling. We can also become addicted to work, filled with an obsession to work, producing stress and neglect of family. So let's go back to Paul's analogy using the overindulgence of wine. Being filled with wine refers to excessive intake of alcohol which fills your bloodstream and influences every area of your life as long as you consume it. Drunkenness results in ungodly behavior. That's the fruit. In the same way, when you trust and obey Jesus as His Word directs for you to do, the Holy Spirit will have more influence over every area of your life. Any Christian who allows the Spirit to influence and direct her thinking and behavior will experience His control as long as she yields her will to the Spirit. The results will be godly behavior. That's the fruit. We can be filled and controlled by fleshly desires, like what alcohol does, or we can be filled and controlled by the Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is an ongoing choice and responsibility. It is expected of every Christian. It's not optional. Paul's use of wording is that we are to keep on being filled. We are to continually desire more and more of the Spirit's control in our lives. We are to continually choose to give Him more control in our lives. And he responds by doing it. That's what is amazing. Being filled with the Spirit is a privilege for every child of God. We don't earn it. God still chooses to do this to us based upon our responses to Him It is a fruit of our dependence upon Him and yielding to His control in our lives. When we choose to do anything that God wants us as believers to do, when we choose obedience and dependence, we are saying yes to allowing the Spirit to fill us with His powerful influence. And there will be recognizable fruit. We can be too full of other things, other desires, other goals, and other activities, I'll go back to my earlier question. What things have you allowed to have influence over you? Have you become addicted to social media scrolling and reading emails or texts immediately upon receiving them? Have you become obsessive about your work so that you can't get away from it but let it control your days and nights? God wants you to be full of Him, yielded to Him. When you yield to Him, He will fill you with His Spirit and help you learn how to let go of those other influencers. Yielding to Him is a daily choice. Just like choosing to trust in Christ in the first place is a choice, yielding to God after salvation is also a choice, a daily choice. In Romans chapter 12, Paul wrote these words, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. The Greek word translated as to present also means to yield. Just like a yield sign on the highway means to give the right-of-way to oncoming traffic, to yield to God means to give Him the right-of-way in your life. You yield to God at salvation, then continually yield to His Spirit's influence over your thoughts, attitudes, words, and deeds. You have to want it. It starts with your heart. Then you present your body as an act of worship. That's yielding your body to God for His control and purpose. Nobody can do that for you. Then Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Once you've yielded your body to God, then you yield your mind to God. You do that by yielding to the Word of God, the Bible. That's how your mind is renewed to distinguish what is not the will of God from that which is the will of God. We get our minds renewed by spending lots of time in Bible reading and studying its teachings and truths. You yield your mind to God as you desire to know His truth. That comes from the heart too. As you yield your body to God, and yield your mind to God, then you must also yield your will to the sovereignty of God and His will. That's hard. Yielding to the sovereignty of God may include submitting to one particular truth or command in the Word that you don't like. Yielding to the sovereignty of God may also include God bringing into your life situations or experiences that are not especially pleasant or desirable. We choose to learn from them and use them as opportunities for spiritual growth rather than fighting against God. The filling of the Spirit involves our yielding to God as God and yielding to His purposes and His truth. God fills what you open up to Him. Author Warren Wiersbe said this, The baptism of the Spirit means that I belong to Christ's body. The filling of the Spirit means that my body belongs to Christ. Your body, your mind, your emotions, and your will belong to Christ. Yielding those to God leads to Spirit-filling. The fruit of that yielding is a transformed life. When you choose daily to yield to the Spirit's influence instead of your own self-dependence, the Holy Spirit fills you with Himself. The Bible calls that kind of life choice walking by the Spirit or living by the Spirit. You'll see these phrases used in Ephesians and Galatians especially. Walking by the Spirit or being filled by the Spirit means having a conscious dependence on the Holy Spirit. As you live the Christian life, face temptations, and make decisions, he uses that to transform your life to become more like that of Christ. The fruit of that is what we usually consider the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness— faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. But it is a lot more. It is sharing Christ with others. It is courage and boldness and using God's Word to speak and convince others. It is being the visible representative of the invisible God. But our willingness to let the Spirit control and transform us requires us to recognize that we are weak to do anything of spiritual significance on our own. Listen to that again. Our willingness to let the Spirit control and transform us, requires us to recognize that we are weak to do anything of spiritual significance on our own. That goes against the Western mindset that you must be strong on your own and stand on your own two feet. But our weakness is more useful to God than our self-determined strength. This quote from author Jim Cimbala captures that thought perfectly. God is attracted to weakness. He can't resist those who humbly and honestly admit how desperately they need Him. Our weakness, in fact, makes room for His power. What do you think about that? Does your weakness make room for His power? If that is true, then His power at work in you will produce results that show up in all directions. There will be fruit. We should sense the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. All of those evidences at the end of Lesson 8 are the fruit of Spirit-filling in your life. So don't get hung up on any formulas for being filled with the Spirit. It is a work of God that comes to you when you yield yourself to Him. When you live in conscious dependence on Jesus Christ, choosing not to rely on yourself in your own strength, your own experiences, or your own ideas, God's Spirit will fill you then your thoughts, attitudes, words, and actions will reflect the life of Christ in you. And oh my, what comes from that will be graceful living for sure. Let Jesus satisfy your heart with His grace so that your life overflows with His grace every day. You will experience a life of freedom and joy. Until next time, I'm Melanie Newton and this is Series 9 of Satisfied.